Hello, everyone. I'm Patrick Duffy, and I'm so glad to be here for the FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Week Events Day that is focused on energy chemicals and mining supply chains. I'm Patrick Duffy. As I said, I'm the president of the Blockchain and Transport Alliance, which since 2017 has been fostering a global community of innovative companies that power the global supply chain. Together and through the principle of coopetition, we seek to build out open source data elements that will power blockchain-enabled commerce. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by Lauren Roman, who is the Business Development Director for Metals and Minerals Ecosystems at Everledger. Everledger uses blockchain to help everyone trust in what they buy. Everledger has created an independent platform which provides a secure and permanent digital record of an object's origin, characteristics, and ownership across all verticals. From diamonds to wine to art and electric vehicle batteries, Everledger is doing some really exciting things in this space. I'm very excited about our conversation. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks, Patrick. Really happy to be here. So, Lauren, you have uh, an interesting background, like so many of the individuals that have been speaking during this week's events. Um, I certainly didn't think that I was going to find myself, you know, working on blockchain standards. How did you find your way into this sector? What what led you here? Well, I've spent my career in, in environmental industries and the majority of that time in electronics lifecycle management and recycling. And there are so many uh, problems that are plaguing that industry, have always plagued that industry, that really boil down to transparency and accountability. And um, so... I, in my search for solutions for electronics um, lifecycle management, um, I came across um, RFID and AIDC um, ways of tracking things. But there's a you know fairly significant additional expense in doing that, and we're talking about scrap. So finally, um, lit when blockchain started percolating uh, maybe about four years ago, I got really interested in that and thought this might be it. Uh, so anyway, I uh, got in touch with Everledger, and they had just joined the Global Battery Alliance. This was about three years ago, and they really needed somebody that had um, a background in electronics and uh, life cycle management. And so that's how I wound up here. And it's really exciting. And we, um, our plan is to, um, you know, beyond the electric vehicle batteries, we're also doing work in portable lithium ion batteries. And then that involves electronic products because many times you can't get the battery out of the electronic product. So it, it involves traceability and capturing and monitoring the product throughout its life cycles. And so what I think you're driving towards is around this idea of a circular economy, and particularly in the electric vehicle battery space, this idea around full life cycle management is becoming increasingly important around the realization that if we continue leveraging the existing minerals, these rare earth metals that, that we're utilizing in current battery tech, there just aren't enough of them with current mining operations to feed or, or, or replace the existing type of transportation infrastructure we're leveraging. When you started thinking about these circular economy and the way that this technology could influence uh, organizations and enterprises' ability to realize a circular economy, you know, was there an aha moment that you said, okay, blockchain or DLT tech is the way forward? 
Well, what it boils down to is in order to optimize uh, management of what goes into our products and optimize their uh, their life cycles, and meaning you know get, getting the most out of the products while we have them, um, and you know making them last longer, um, ensuring that they go to responsible recycling, that all boils down to um, being able to share data uh, about that product. Um, among stakeholders, whether it's stakeholders in the supply chain or stakeholders in the life cycle. So if you think about an electric vehicle battery, when it's first manufactured, there's a lot of information about that battery. Um, and then that it gets put in a car, it goes to a dealership, it gets sold, um, it shows up at a you know garage for repair now and then, and eventually it might show up at a at an auto recycler, or at a battery recycler, or a repurposer. And by the time it gets all the way down the, to the end, a lot of that information is is gone. It's not accessible. Um, so what we do, what the distributed ledger does is it en enables all these um, participants in the supply chain and in the life cycle of the battery to see, to share data about the condition of the battery, what's happening to it. Uh, and that really helps to um, add a lot of efficiencies to, say, repurposing, where you can take a used electric vehicle battery that has... 70 or 80% of its power left, um, not quite enough to run a car, but more than enough um, to run, to, you know, uh, su supply energy storage for renewable energy like solar and wind, uh, either on the grid or at home environments. So, um, so having that information and being able to, if you're a repurposer and this shows up at your dock and you can scan a tag on that and you can get a, a platform pop up that tells you what the what the last state of health was, whether it was ever in an accident. Um, so it just adds a lot of efficiency to the process. And so that that's an interesting thread that you're you're pulling on there. And yesterday during the automotive supply chain day, I interviewed Chris Ballinger, who's the CEO of Moby. And Moby, among other standards that they're building out for this space, is also pushing into the electric vehicle grid integration and the way that they are leveraging a standard around vehicle identification that has been built out with the, uh, the likes of Ford and Renault Group and BMW to capture that type of um, what they considered a birth certificate for uh, vehicles and, and different components of vehicles. Um, this sounds very much like what um, I think Everledger has termed um, the, the battery passport or a digital fingerprint for the minerals involved in a consumable product, whether that's an EV battery or some other type of product leveraging these mineral inputs. Can you talk about, you know, the, the battery passport and how um, this is providing the, uh, the immutability around evidence and validation of, you know, the, the minerals that have gone in from points of production through use and then, you know, that reverse logistics opportunity around recycling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, the digital fingerprint is a term that we uh, usually use um, for metals and minerals as they're coming out of the mine. So how can we uh, uniquely identify 
where those came from to ensure that uh, there have not been that there's not they're, they're not conflict minerals that there haven't been uh, human rights and child labor abuses in the supply chain so and that that can actually follow uh, the mineral into production and beyond so um, that that's that's kind of the beginning of the battery passport. Um, but then, when the product is made, um, we can put a digi a you know identifier on it. Whether it could be a QR code, it could even be a barcode. But you know, we we we're looking more at uh, QR codes and NFC and things like that. That's widely accessible by you know anybody with a smartphone. Uh, to be able to get that information and not only get the information, but also share information to the platform. So that's what we call, you know, a battery passport. And we do similar things to authenticate, um, as you mentioned, wine, um, apparel. Uh, we just uh, are doing it now for the Australian Woolmark um, to be able to say, yeah, this is this is the real deal that, that you're buying and investing in. So um, it's about trust. It's about transparency. It's about authenticity. And and I think you know in this particular instance, as we talk about electric vehicles and the way that they are just taking off in terms of both affordability and consumer uh, demand, or you know intention around moving towards EV. Um, you know, there's this idea of greenwashing in the space. Can you talk about how? you know, this solution is providing for an ability for manufacturers and even resellers to fight greenwashing? Yeah, that's a really good point. And in fact, um, you know, the European Union has come out with a proposed battery regulation, and a lot of the requirements in there are designed specifically to el eliminate <laughs> greenwashing. And uh, so basically, you know, uh, it, it, on, on a distributed ledger or blockchain platform, you know, not only can we post, let's say, a certificate or compliance with a certain standard that you get some kind of documentation with that, but we can also post the backup proof of that and um, or an audit report or, you know, so you have the authenticity, not just that you're what you say that you're doing, but pro the proof of what you say that you're doing. And um, that's really, really critical because, you know, uh, of all the blessings that the internet brings us, it also, you know, has enabled people to put things online that, and say that they're doing things that they're not doing. And, uh, right. you it's know, unidirectional we, data. Mm hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, so we we know we have to get past uh, websites with butterflies and waterfalls to make sure that uh, companies are, are actually running in a sustainable manner. That's right. Uh, I think the saying goes, in God, we trust all others bring data. <laughs> exactly. And, and so as you talk about, you know, this uh, promising if potentially daunting regulation that the European Union is introducing around full life, cycle, full life cycle management of these battery assets leveraged in electric vehicles. You know, we're, we're moving into uh, potentially uh, a resetting of America's approach towards um, environmentalism, 
and maybe a progressive stance towards the use of electric vehicles with the Biden administration. We've also just re-entered the Paris Accord. You know, where where are we in terms of uh, competing, I guess, with the, the European Union in terms of these types of regulations? Mm-hmm. Did the past four years, was it a real stumbling point for us to, to keep up? And are you optimistic about how we can move forward? Well, have to be optimistic, yes. And I think, uh, you know, getting us back into the Paris Accord is just so critical. And so that actually puts us on, we are behind, um, but that puts us on even footing with, um, you know, 26 European countries. Um, And then, so China already has, uh, was the first to pass a a total uh, circular economy or battery life cycle management regulation saying that manufacturers have to be responsible for that battery through multiple life cycles. And the European Union is doing the same thing, although they're also including the provenance of what goes into those batteries. So the the metals and the minerals, and um, and the the other actors in the supply chain, and also greenhouse gas emissions uh, counting throughout uh, the supply chain and also the life cycle of that battery. Do, do do you feel like it's an economic opportunity, maybe by way of product differentiation for manufacturers to leverage certifications around this? Um, every everybody yeah. wants to to push you know that we're doing green. Uh, we, we are being responsible with our, our environmental footprint mm-hmm. and tracing that back multiple layers through their supply chain. You know, does does the, the blockchain or DLT style technology that Everledger is producing, is that what's driving manufacturers to adopt it? Um, I don't think yet. Um, but, and, and again, you know, it, it, it depends country to country. So we are under the same obligations in the Paris Accord as all the other countries in the Paris Accord. And so we have to reduce our emissions by a certain amount, by certain dates. And, um, so it's, it's an obligation. I mean, typically, you know, the way things happen or don't happen, depend on how you want to look at it in the United States is, uh, the federal government just leaves it up to the States. And what happens with that is we wind up with this patchwork of regulations that cost manufacturers a fortune to comply with. So if we, you know, now these um, Paris Accord uh, objectives are the same for every state. Um, they're the same for the country. So it's, I think, I think it's an opportunity. I think the ones that are ahead of the game, uh, like you mentioned, Ford and Renault, that, uh, and there's others um, that are saying, let's put this together and let's develop a system that's good for us as manufacturers of electric vehicles. And let's not sit back and wait until the federal government comes in and says, okay, well, nobody's, you know, nobody's uh, meeting their obligations. So now we need a nationwide law that's going to require this, this, and that. And, um, and volunteerism versus mandates. Right. Or, or if they say, we're not going to do it, we're going to leave it up to the States. And then you have that nightmare that they have to comply with different flavors of regulations in 50 States. So there's a big opportunity for the people that are getting out in front of this right now. So, you know, talking about that opportunity, I know Everledger is excited about launching this new 
um, EV battery life uh, lifecycle management platform, which will include a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you talk about that and you know uh, you know pitch manufacturers that might be in the audience of its benefit? <laughs> so uh, you know when you think about the life cycle of an electric vehicle battery, um, it's it's a requirement that manufacturers warranty these batteries for eight years. So the first eight years of that battery's life. They're being ta- they're being monitored, they're being repaired, they're being taken care of. The consumer doesn't really have anything you know anything to worry about as long as they don't do something that's going to avoid the warranty. So, um, but then after that time, uh, they, they could wind up anywhere. Um, so, so if we have a, a battery passport or a digital identity on these batteries and on the modules and other key components, the battery. Let's just say we started today. And all the batteries that were produced had a digital identity and could be connected to a blockchain platform. So whether they were going into the dealership for repair or, um, you know, heaven forbid, get totaled in the first year that you have them and they wind up at a scrapyard or whatever, we have accountability for those batteries. But we also have all these batteries that are driving around on the road right now, and they don't have this digital passport. So we call those orphans. And um, we need to. We want a way to bring them onto the platform. We want a way for recyclers and repurposers to have an efficient way of finding where these batteries are. They cost a fortune to transport. So if we have an, a marketplace or an exchange where the uh, auto recyclers in the garages can post information about the batteries that they have for recycling or repurposing, and put that information in front of the recyclers and the repurposers. Then we can, you know, uh, leverage freight efficiencies and, um, you know, really help to make that connection in an emerging industry where lots of people don't know who, who the state other stakeholders are and how to get in touch with them. So uh, we'll be launching uh, the first version of that in April. Uh, we're also looking for transportation. Uh, you know, we're hoping to be able to plug into a freight network that has permitted vehicles and experienced people that can provide the freight for this type of an item, um, a used electric vehicle battery. It's not simple. Uh, so if anybody out there um, knows of some networks that might work well for this, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. Um, you, you said it a really interesting intersection of, of stakeholders. Um, I think that provides you a really uh, interesting or, or a special perspective on what is to come. Can you talk to me for a moment about, you know, what you're excited about coming down the pipeline? Um, I'm excited about, um, you know, having having these things, uh, you know, all these batteries and parts, you know, minted onto um, a blockchain platform with a battery passport, because then w- then we know that the opportunities for optimum life cycle management are, are in place. Um, but I am excited also about um, being able to capture these ones that are on the road. Um, the, you know, as much of an opportunity as, as used electric vehicle batteries are, they're also extremely dangerous if they're not handled properly. So 
so, you know, we have such an opportunity now to, to get a hold of these things and to make sure that we capture the, these metals and minerals that are in them so that we can use them for many, many years for uh, making batteries and other things. And to lose that opportunity uh, would you know, would really be tragic. Um, I've seen it in the electronics um, space. And um, I mean, think about all the electronics that wind up in our landfills. It's, it's crazy. So um, really, really hoping that this electric vehicle batteries and other lithium ion batteries can be the case for a successful circular economy model um, for all kinds of other products that we that we produce. Well, I, I certainly am hopeful for that as well. Um, you know, where where can we we send people in the audience that are interested in learning more um, to find out how they can get involved or, or, or participate in this new uh, platform? Sure. Uh, our website is everledger.io, just the way it sounds, everledger. And uh, my email address is Lauren, my first name, L-A-U-R-E-N, at everledger.io. So I'd, I'd be really happy to uh, to hear from people. Again, if uh, <clears throat> if there's freight net networks that we can plug into our, um, you know, exchange platform uh, or exchange partial portion of our platform. Uh, we'd love to hear from people about that and certainly putting batteries on the blockchain and everything else. Well, I think we're talking to the right audience for that. So thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us today. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, the, the first component of the FreightWave Supply Chain Week. Um, tune in next week as the, the maritime component kicks off. There's some really exciting uh, work going on in that space, moving well beyond uh, supply chain visibility that I'm sure you're going to want to tune in. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Patrick. Bye-bye. Bye, Lauren.